Yep, it's the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast. Webisodes podcast. This webisode was recorded Wednesday, August 12th, and I am joined once again by my good friend Joss McGinty. Hello, Joss. Hello, Jer. We are remiss in that we are missing uh, our other cohort and partner in crime, Ryan Hatch, who is uh, in parts unknown, far-flung locations far across the Pacific. Sunning. Sunning himself. So... Alas, we will not be having the uh, the luxury of, of of Ryan Hatch's company, but Joss and I hope to make up for it. And never fear, as always, the lava lamp is in fact burning brightly in the window as a beacon for all the lost souls in the world. May they find their way home. Now, tonight is an interesting night. Because Joss and I are just the two of us, we decided that we were going to change it up. You know, we've been drinking... Primarily whiskey. I was going to say a lot. A lot. We've been drinking a lot lately. In bulk. You know, I think, you know, COVID, in general, people are drinking a lot. Like so, more than... Aren't sales up like 200% for alcohol? Yeah. I don't know what the exact... Uh, see, if Ryan was here, he'd be like, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, and figuring it out. But I don't know what the percentages or whatever, times, how many times, like three times... But it's up, baby. People be drinking. Let me tell you something and ask you a question. Guess what is down $2 billion? Down $2 billion? Billion. I don't know, the restaurant biz. In in liquor. Uh, Alcohol. Corona beer. I that's That was my guess. I was incorrect. Okay, what is it? Well, it was a good guess. Good guess. We You guessed that when you were asked this question? I guessed the same you thing. You know what they say. Something, great, something. Uh, great minds great think alike. Minds think alike. <laughs> okay, so what? What is it? What's town? Give one more guess. I want you to try one more time. Uh, what else? So, are people uh, we're, not so, so I gotta give it. I pandemic. gotta put it in this context. Is it like vodka? Is it beer? Is it you know? It's it's a type of alcohol. Okay, it's so not a brand. A you're looking. It's not for. a brand. You're looking it's not for a, brand. a type. Uh. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, what's that one? Um, fireball. No, I think Fireball is making their quota. Really? Because I feel like Fireball is one you do like at the bar. You know, everyone's all fired up. You've had a couple. And, Woo, let's do a round of Fireball. You know, I don't think like there's people at home like drinking Fireball with, with their... Porterhouse. Uh, fair enough. You're not like doing a shot of fireball on the couch, like catching up on like The Office. Right. You're, you're binging. If you're binging Netflix and drinking fireball, well, you're partying. You know, and, and I and I I commend you. You know what? That's that's really funny. Like fireball is not a one man operation. That's what I'm I saying. Mean, I mean, there's not a whole means... lot of people that I mean, there's people that drink alone, but I don't even think those people are drinking fireball. I mean, can you imagine getting off the couch and just saying, it's fireball time. Like, alone? let's go. Alone. Like a TV dinner. <laughs> Seriously. So so that's not it either, though. Because, see, that's a good guess. Now that, that I'm now that taking you down the red That is a really rink. good guess. That is really funny. I don't, it's, maybe you're right. I said it's up. You, you've you've It's definitely me. down. It's I mean, that's when down. you drink 
at the bar, pretty much. Fireball is the thing you do with your shirt off, standing on the bar, like, as you're getting escorted out. Like, that first episode we were talking about, I think it was the first episode, we were talking about, you know, do not drive when you're wearing items of clothing on your head that (laughs) don't belong on your head. It's usually precipitated by a shot of, or three of Fireball. It's involved. Fireball's In the night. But it's not that. Ready? Okay, yes. Champagne. Because no one's celebrating. What is there to celebrate? No, yeah. There's no, first of all, there's no one excited about anything. But think about like. No one's having weddings. Weddings, uh, high school reunions, you know, whatever. Anniversaries. Boat christenings. Boat christenings. There's not a lot of boat christenings right now. So champagne is the answer. It and makes how sense, many, how right? Much, how, how many millions or what did you say it was down? By the way, I ha- this is uh, we're, this is our podcast off the cuff here. I was told that number. Okay. So I haven't done the research. Okay, okay. But it certainly makes sense, right? Who's oh, yeah, buying no, that, champagne that right sense. now? I, in oh, fact, and then also, they, uh, not to cut you off, also like all the bars that do like the m- unlimited mimosas, the, you know, the Sunday brunches, that's gone. That's champagne. Gone. Wow. Yeah. That uh, champagne and fireball, though. I'm right. gonna. I, I would be interested. I bet their their trajectory, if we if we were to graph it out, I guarantee you they're both plunging. <laughs> oh yeah, plunging. <laughs> I mean, paint the picture of someone on the couch, like popping a bottle of champagne alone. I mean, that's that, a weird move. Honestly, though, I see like a you know you know like a. Mom at home, like soccer mom, suburban soccer mom on a Sunday morning, like yeah, I'm gonna have a mimosa. Way quicker than that, she's gonna be like fireball. Well, hopefully in the morning she's not thinking fireball. <laughs> you end up like in like the San Diego chicken outfit in like Redlands and yeah. you start drinking fireball like at nine in the morning. Could be a good time. Once again, I'm just saying. I, it I starts just... fine. I don't think there's a good ending ever with red ball. Red ball. Red. Fireball, fireball, fireball pre 10 p.m. Oh, you're eyeing my Red Bull. I think that's what messed you up right there. Oh, Jeremy went Red Bull here. I, I mean, I must be boring you terribly. Am I putting you to sleep already? No, you know, I, I, and it's not something that I, I'm not a huge Red Bull guy. You know, I, there's those dudes out there that constantly have like a monster or like some kind of energy drink in their hand. I, I don't. I'm, in fact, I don't think I've ever had a monster. I'm, I, and, I, and it's not that I love Red Bull. It's that just that I know that it works. So I get the small can sometimes, and I'll put it back, and it'll 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 work for me. You know why? Red Bull works in the like the short term, but it doesn't keep me awake. Whereas if I was to have a cup of coffee at this hour, dude, I would be up all night. I'd be so screwed. Something about like the. The taurine, which I have no idea what taurine is. It's bull extract of some kind. Certainly couldn't spell it. T I can. T A U R I N E. And how does the bull and the wings, like, how do those two things go together? I don't I, know. I don't understand. And It's Red Bull, but it gives you wings. What if it should give you horns? But that's kind of like Red Bull. It makes you horny. <laughs> well, I, I think the Red Bull vodka is a very interesting combination. I like, think it does make you Let's horny. get wasted and stay awake. I'm not a huge Red Bull vodka man. Do you like the taste of Red Bull? Yeah, it's good. Do you know what it tastes like? Uh, put me on the spot. I, I feel some kind of like tangerine Not tangerine. Is it not? I don't drink Red Bull. 
I mean, I've had it, but I don't drink it a lot. It tastes like bull. It tastes like bull. It's like a bull flavor. And like a little bit of wing. Tart Does it have a bull. wings? I don't know what it tastes like. <laughs> what are we really drinking tonight, Joss? That's what's important here. Look at all this, this messing around. Tonight, like I started to say, you know, we've been drinking a lot of bourbon. We've been drinking a lot of bourbon. And whiskey in general on the show. So tonight I thought I'd change it up and uh, we're going to drink some tequila. Uh, let's go. A little tequila. Go. So tonight we have an El Jimador, hand harvested, 100% blue agave tequila reposado, hecho in Mexico. So hand harvested, um, that sounded phenomenal. It's not always hand harvested, right? I well, would picture it would be generally hand harvested. I mean, you know, everything these days can be mechanized. There's huge tractors that can cruise through and, and, and harvest the, the agave plant for sure. Um, so I, I think that our position is maybe small batch. Right. It's, it's kind of a sm- smaller right. batch feel. Right. Hemodorum, it's a large brand. Yeah. It, it's not small batch, but, you know, hand harvested. Right. I'm willing. And like I've said before, everything on the bottle is marketing. Everything. So whatever they do, literally if one guy picked one of the agave that wound up in the entire batch, they can say that it was hand harvested. Even if the rest of it was machine harvested and one guy harvested one agave and did it, they can, you know, that's the kind of things that people do to jump through hoops to be able to say things and print them on their bottle for, for marketability. Um, but it's you be as a as a consumer be savvy because you know, again just know it's all marketing. <laughs> I'm just gonna shoot it. Well, you gave me a big pour. It's nice. It's got um. Okay, oh, so for me, I t- I tasted the still a little bit there, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I got a slight kind of the coppery right at first. Um. And then it, I mean, then the in the agave I kicked in, and it's real sweet. It feel I, I felt like almost three different sensations from smelling to entering palate to digestion. Okay, to good, digesting. Good. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that swallowing that's a word. it. I swallowed it into good. my stomach. Ingestion. Indigestion. Well, maybe that le- that comes later. No, it's very crisp. It has a very um, piney, piney sweet kind of finish. It's very smooth. This is not a. I don't think this is a tequila for margarita. This is a tequila neat. Well, let's talk about it. So this is a reposado. Do you know the different types of tequila? No, I'm not uh, well versed. Please. So basically, there's three. There's 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 more because um, there's like sub, you know, well, s- sub genres. While you but take the deep dive, I'm gonna have one more sip of it. Please do. So basically, as we've discussed in the past. Everything comes out of the still uh, clear. And we've talked about uh, fermenting and the source of sugar. So all alcohol is the, the product of yeast converting sugar into alcohol. Alcohol is made by yeast, which is a living organism, literally eating sugar. And, and I'm sorry, for, for lack of a better term, it pisses out alcohol and farts carbon dioxide. Sounds delicious. <laughs> right, when you put it that way. So these little organisms go along, they eat sugar, and they and they, they off-gas, they, they fart out carbon dioxide, and they and they 
They, they pee out alcohol. I don't really know any other way to say it. Hmm. They metabolize it. And um, so whiskey, the source of the sugar is grain. 100% of the time, whiskey, the source is grain. We've, we've tried weeded. We've tried rye on the show. Mm-hmm. We've learned that bourbon is has to have a 51% corn. Well, tonight for the first time, we're having an alcohol on the show that doesn't have any grain. And this is the sugar 100% is sourced from a cactus. Uh, some some people will call it a cactus. Others will say that's not uh, necessarily the correct term, that it's more of a succulent. But either way, tequila is made from a plant called agave. And on here it says 100% blue agave, which again is marketing because pretty much all tequila is made from blue agave. So it doesn't really make this one any more special than others that don't have blue agave on, on their label. Um, blue agave is pretty much... Now, again, there's other kinds of agave, but generally, almost pretty much 99.9% of the time, blue agave is is the source for tequila, for all tequila. Uh, okay, so how do we get blue? Is there like a purple agave, a green yeah, agave? I mean, again, I'm not I'm not a horticulturist, so like, I don't know all <laughs> everything, all things agave. But I know that tequila is primarily made from from uh, from blue agave, and well, it's so, delicious, by the way. So we're talking. So you you use yeast to uh, to change the sugar in the agave into alcohol. And then you distill it, okay? And then it comes out clear. So the first level of tequila is silver, silver tequila, which is just regular tequila right out of the still, unaged. And then there's what we're drinking tonight, which is reposado. And reposado is aged in oak barrels. The tequila industry loves the bourbon industry because bourbon can only use an oak barrel once, and then they sell their barrels generally to everybody else in the world that's aging in oak, uh, the, the the Scots, and and in this case uh, the, the tequila manufacturers in Jalisco, Mexico. So, which is primarily where it's made, um, but again, can be made elsewhere. Uh, so, reposado is aged in oak barrels, oftentimes used bourbon barrels, and. Has to be aged. Uh, let's see here. Reposado is rested on oak for two to eleven months, so it can be as short as two months. But all of the color that you're seeing in here on this bottle, which is what would you say, wheat color? Yeah, wheat. Uh, it, that all that 100 percent of that color comes from the oak. This was a silver tequila went into the oak for two to eleven months. And that's what a reposado is. And it's going to gain some of the cinnamon, some of the flavors, some of those notes from the wood and the color. And then after reposado, there's añejo. And añejo tequila, which is super yummy, is older than, been aged in oak older for longer than a year. And so that's it. Silver, reposado, and añejo are the three. There's extra añejo, which is obviously even been in the oak even longer. And and Yeho tequilas are darker. Obviously, the longer it's been in the oak, the darker they get. They're more cinnamon, more vanilla. So that's you're that, an Ano. You're an Yeho. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I mean, so does Anejo mean even more expensive? Well, you're always going to pay for age. Mm-hmm. 
You're always going to pay for age. Anything the longer because because someone had to store it, it's taking up space in their their rick house or their warehouse. I'm paying for age. You you are. I mean, we're age, all paying for age. I mean, it's uh, becoming expensive. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, and, and it all like comes it? from. I love it. I love tequila. I'm a, I've been a tequila fan from the way back. So agave te- tequilanya, or otherwise blue agave, is an agave plant that is an important economic product of Jalisco, Mexico. And uh, the tequila is basically, you know, like I said before, that's that's the primary source for most tequilas. Now, something interesting about the, the agave plant that a lot of people don't know, and we like to do the research for you here on the show so that you don't have to do it. The agave plant is... Uh, there's a special word. Can you... Well, I won't even make you try. Here, no, actually, I want you to try. See, the, the, in the second paragraph, that, that bold word. Chirophilus. Chirophilus. Chiro. Petrophilius. Wow, I I don't know. Chiro Petrophilius. Right, but I think that I got it, better. It sounds you you, you got I mean, something is happening there. I don't know what language that is. <laughs> it's like eighteen letters. Cairo Chiropterophilus. I think is what it is. <laughs> Let's stop trying. Chiroptera. Anyway, Agave's Chiropterophilus, and what that means is <laughs> sounds like a I'm Sesame sorry, Street. Yeah, please don't like Google us and I mean uh, email us and tell us that we don't know what we're talking about. Don't know how to spell it, uh, pronounce it, but whatever that word is, Chiroptophilus. What that means is, and here's here's a very interesting fact. Uh, it, it means uh, pollinated by bats. Oh. No. Agave no. plants are pollinated by bats. Who wants to know that? Who wants to talk anything that has anything to do with bats <laughs> these days, right? Ingesting it. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, in times of COVID, hey, listen, by the way, there's nothing to fear. There's so many processes, processes that the agave plant goes <laughs> through before it winds up in the bottle. But yeah, I didn't know that. Pretty interesting. Agave plants. Are, are pollinated by bats. It's uh, certainly one to grow on. And the, the plants and their pollinators have shaped each other through coevolution. Blooming, and this is again from, no, this isn't from, uh, what's my source here, guys? This is uh, Booze, uh, this is a Wired magazine online, Tequila, Booze, and Bats. And so, yeah, uh, let's see here. These bats and their pollinators have shaped each other through coevolution, bloom, uh, through coevolution. Blooming agaves grow a stalk up to 15 feet high with candelabra-shaped flowers clusters at the top. The flowers only open uh, for the bats, basically, <laughs> at night. At the same time, it's t- like the timing of the, the so it's opening o- of the... So it's like a date. Right. It's like a date. They wait... Only the bats are allowed. Well, the, then the, they'll open. Open season. Yeah, the bats. So the 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 agave, these candle, these flowers gather dew and and moisture and water, and the, and the bats come down to drink the water out of it. And as they swoop in for a drink, the bats get dusted with agave pollen. And as they go from from plant to plant, they act as sexual surrogates. 
and and poly, pollinate the, the agave. So, so we're talking. There's literally lovemaking. I mean, it's they're 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 Co- out there coitus do, doing the bat thing, man. Doing the bat thing. So bats. No, there's no coitus. They're drinking water. I know. <laughs> but the plants are, you know, doing the wild thing, kind of. By way of the bats. Coitus. Weird, though. Isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. So that's what you learned tonight, Joss. You learned that that the different kinds of tequila, kind of a little bit about how it's made. Here's something else we can learn while we're talking about tequila. Have you ever heard of a thing called mezcal? I have heard of mezcal. Do you know anything about it or what? Absolutely zero. Okay, good. Well, it's a lot like tequila. I'll drink it. Right. I wish I actually had some tonight. We'll do a mezcal show maybe maybe next week so we can do a comparison. Um, so mezcal is made exactly the same way as tequila. And the only difference in the process is and what people will say about mezcal is that it's smoky. Mezcal has a really smoky That's taste. Right. Um, there, there's a p- pretty popular bottle. It's in the uh, it's a black bottle. Right. I, I tasted mezcal a couple weeks ago. I mean, the there's it's old, uh, arguably. Uh, well, it's older than tequila because the process originally there was mezcal, and mezcal kind of became tequila. So my buddy gave me. I've I've got it now. Uh, two weeks ago, he poured. He, we'd get a Mexican beer, and take a big sip out of it. He'd pour mezcal in with salt and a lime, and that was it. Was called something. Of course, I won't get, but. Sounds good. It was really good. So a lot of people will say, well, if you're trying to get someone into tequila and mezcal, uh, and you're primarily a, dealing with, if you're dealing with someone who primarily drinks whiskey, tequila is more palatable generally to bourbon drinkers. The sweetness, there's there's similarities there that correlate. Whereas mezcal uh, is a good one for um, scotch drinkers. And the reason is, is the quality in the mezcal that makes mezcal mezcal is the smokiness that comes from the process I'm going to explain here. And what a lot of people like about scotch is that peaty smokiness. And so scotch drinkers tend to love mezcal, whereas bourbon drinkers tend to love tequila. I... Don't really care for mezcal because I don't like the smokiness. Uh, it's 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 too overwhelming, and um and I don't really like scotch for that same reason. I don't like the peatiness. I, I'd much prefer to drink a bourbon than a scotch, whereas I'd much prefer to drink a tequila than a mezcal. But the only difference in the process, it's a it's blue agave, uh, f- you know, fermented. But we talked before on the show about sacrification. Or the process of changing starch into sugar because yeast can't eat starch. Yeast has to eat sugar, and when it eats it, it makes alcohol. So you have to change the starch into sugar somehow, and the way you do it is cooking in this case. For tequila, they steam the agave to sacrifice it, and so it adds no, it imparts no flavor, the steaming process. Whereas mezcal was done before they had these big industrial steamer was made before they had these big industrial steamers and the way they cooked or or roasted the agave was with wood and charcoal and so that smokiness from the the fire is imparted into the agave and that's why you know mezcal has that smoky flavor because it's still done in the traditional way in 
lava rock ovens traditionally with with charcoal and mesquite wood and and all that and all of that flavor goes directly into the mezcal so you can get some very 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 smoky mezcals like you can get some very very smoky uh scotch because in in Scotland they're using they're drying their so here's here's another part of a lesson when you are what the, you hear the term malt right malted barley malt liquor malt liquor what a malt is is if you take a seed and you germinate it so that it starts to sprout and then as soon as it starts to sprout you stop it you arrest it from sprouting anymore that's a malted that's a malted grain the grain has started to sprout and then somehow you've stopped it from spr- from continuing to grow and how you stop it is with heat you steam it or you cook it um, bur- the bourbon producers they they use steam whereas in Scotland they burn peat and the the heat from the peat is what they use to 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 toast their grain and to to, to stop the the malting process from from continuing and all of that smoke from the peat and everything gets in the grain and that's why scotch has a smoky flavor and the smoke from the mesquite in the uh, sacrification of agave gets into the agave and that's why mescal has that smoky flavor i mean there are some very smoky scotches have you ever tried lafroig yeah. I mean, it tastes like licking the bottom of an ashtray. It does. I, you know, Do you care for it? Uh, I No. I, I'm not a huge scotch guy. Uh, Lafroig is one of the better ones that I can drink. You actually got that for me on my birthday about 10 years ago. I, I just don't think I am deserve scotch. <laughs> scotch to me is has to be in the right glass. You have to be in some kind of English proper. Well, outfit. then that's ridiculous. Who wants to have to go who's through having, all that? Who's having a scotch watching a ball game? Well, I mean, people do. I mean, people. And again, it, it all comes down to what you like. I'm not judging anybody. If that's what you like, that's what you like. We've discussed uh, before, uh, back when we used to do this four or five years ago, about the what's proper. Um, to have alcohol at a child's birthday, right? You need to have a beer and wine and you have to make the parents like want to come. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone having like a scotch at like a birthday party at a, a baseball game. I mean, scotch they to do. me, scotch I to me it has, it's like a place by like a roaring fire in like 1890. I, you know what I mean? I, 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 I think of scotch as like, like pomp and circumstance, right? Do people, do people drink scotch like after work and have a scotch? Absol- what are you talking Well, Absolutely. okay. So, so I mean, some my people dad, for do. 50 years, my dad came home from work every single night and poured himself a scotch and soda, or sometimes just two fingers of scotch in a, in a, in a tumbler. But yeah, scotch. S- scotch are, seems very old school to me, and it's it's uh, it's too sharp. For me versus well, that's the whiskey. smokiness. Generally, a lot of times, and you know the grain they use. Uh, like, do you need a handlebar mustache and like a top hat to like have a scotch? That's how I picture it. No, you don't. You don't. I always thought a scotch is kind of like an old man's. Not a handlebar mustache. What's the one that? Curly Q. Curly Q. I think that's the same thing as a handlebar. Well, I'm not very versed in my mustache. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not a Scotch fan. 
I mean, I hope we. I mean, we'll do a scotch on the show. I'm sure we're going to do do one on the show. Absolutely, we'll do anything. We don't have to love everything. Uh, So anyway, that's uh, that's that's this. I I like the Hemador. I'm a big fan. I think it's. good. I would drink that over and over and over again. But again, I wouldn't do a margarita with it. No, that, this is a anything. If, if you are drinking a reposado or an añejo in any other way other than by itself, you're you're blowing it. Right. Margaritas, mixed drinks. Think you know what's another tequila drink? A tequila sunrise. I can't think of many tequila drinks. I mean, I don't know. Tequila sunrise, margarita. What else you got? There's got to be. Well, anyway, there's two. Yeah, <laughs> there's two mixed tequila <laughs> drinks. And they should only be made with silver. Any anything, uh, reposado or añejo, you just drink it. Añejo, particularly, that's you know you drink that in like a brandy snifter after dinner. You really enjoy it. I mean, they're sweet and uh, I love a good añejo tequila. If you disagree, please email us. Right, and like, let us know, and please give us some more tequila mixed drinks. That's right. This is a good time to remind you to be a friend of the show. Please email us with ideas for content or or just anything you'd like to share with us. We really want to hear from you. Uh, we're here every week doing this for you. So let us know that you're out there. Um, the best way to get a hold of us is through the, the web page, which is websworldwide.com. That's webs with two Bs. You can also get a hold of us on Facebook. The Jeremy Webisodes Podcast, and also on Instagram, uh, we're going to be posting a picture of the bottle every week. So, so go there, like, subscribe, and share the show with a friend. If you like what we're doing so far, and you like the work we're putting in here, um, let us know by sharing the show with your friend. We'd love to see those numbers build every single week, because um, that's why we're here. We appreciate all the support so far. Uh, and, uh, and Joss has got a little news for us this week. So this is an interesting story. Uh, Let's get into it. This is the news with Joss McGinty. Hard hitting. Global. And other stuff. Hey, Jer. Yeah, man. I have a uh, news story I want to share with you, but I want to start by asking a question. Okay. You're a small business owner closing up for the night. Is this like the start of a joke or I actually am? No, no. This is, well, I'm leading to a real story. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I see what's happening now. You're closing down your store for the night, 10 p.m., let's say. A machete-wielding lunatic enters the premises. Wow. What kind of story? And tries what kind to of, attack you. What, I'm the proprietor of what kind of well, franchise? What, what do you think, what would be your first instinct to throw at him? To, well, it depends on what kind of store How do you defend yourself? If I'm in a sporting goods store, I'm going to gat his ass. How about a pizza store? Wow. Wait, 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 wait. Let's not be let's not be obtuse here, Joss. You're telling me a machete-wielding lunatic came into a pizza store demanding money. What? A pizza? Demanding money. 
He was a robber. I mean, how much money does a pizza store generate? I mean, of, of all the places that I'm going to think of to rob, if I am a machete-wielding le- lunatic... Seriously. Like, I guess that's I, what I, makes him a like, lunatic. I need $380. He was like just machete-wielding until he thought he was <laughs> the good idea was to rob right. the pizza store. Right. That was lunacy. This is not like Nordstrom's. So what do you so your question to me is, what do you if I'm the proprietor of a pizza establishment and I am accosted by a machete-wielding lunatic, what do I choose from my array of <laughs> pizza e accoutrement? To chuck at the guy? What do you do? Not like a knife or like a, you pick up the rolling pin or something. Way off. You throw a pizza at him. Okay, you're going to have to give me this article. What are, what are you talking about? This is from Huffington Post. We'll give them the credit, of course, for the story. Uh, the first art, the, the owner of a pizza shop uses available resources to fend off a robbery attempt by a man with a machete... Outside his store in Delaware. He threw a pizza at him. He threw threw, a pizza at him. So he threw a pizza at him, causing, and I quote, the machete-wielding man to flee. Okay, so we were a little maybe heavy-handed by calling him a lunatic. Well, machete-wielding man, I added lunatic. I think we deduced that the lunacy was in the fact that he decided to rob a pizza store. Where to start here? Why do you rob a, a, a pizza store? What made him flee from a pizza? Well, the guy chucked a pizza at him. I mean, Wouldn't a you hot eat- pizza or was it raw? You know what? The article did not say a hot pizza. Well, that's something. Right out of the oven Holy. would cause you to... It, it wraps on you. It hits you if you if you throw it right. When it hits, you, it wraps on you, and it kind of causes. And then, then the cheese kind of is like has like a napalm effect, right. and the sauce. See, I mean, I, that could be. I picture if you get that perfect, no pun intended, toss, and it lands right on the top of your head. You've got that sauce and that scalding hot oh, sauce. Oh, I mean, okay, that I mean that down. would that would you know it looks like a, a toupee, right? Like picture like it landing like literally on top of your head, like the crust is like you know over both ears, like it's folded over. That would hurt. I mean, I guess that would well, flee. And I, I'm surprised that the article doesn't doesn't tell you whether or not it was a hot because now that you've said tossed, now I picture. Like the guy, like the Italian doing the artisan, you know, full hand toss pizza. He's doing that. He's just tossing the dough. And then mid toss, he see the guy, the machete guy comes in and the guy flings like a ninja, like a shuriken. Right. Somehow manages like, you know, whips the pizza dough at the dude. But, but, a, but, a, but, but a limp cold bunch of pizza well, it, dough hitting you isn't going to be yeah, doing it. Well, well, it's just, the owner told troopers that a man with a machete approached him demanding money. He said he told him he didn't have any and then threw a pizza at him. So I, my first instinct when I read this was he was flipping a raw, you know, pizza. Right, like right. the dough. Mid-flip. Mid-flip. He, sh- he like... If like, you're throwing a, a, a thing of dough... Adeptly... Dough wouldn't cause a flea. Right, I, exactly, exactly. Because the guy fleed, I don't think that it was just dough that he, he got did. away. By the way, he did. Yo, to fully, the, the, they say they're looking for 
information. You know, but stuff. here's the thing. If some guy mid-pizza toss full-blown ninja flips the dough at you, you're thinking maybe having second thoughts about it. He's like, okay, this guy is clearly kind right. of a, a force to be reckoned with. Hey, so maybe maybe you would flee from just the raw dough. What does a machete do in a robbery? I mean, I, I would... I mean, you know, a knife isn't going to cut it. I, I mean, <laughs> well, again, pun intended. I mean, I, if it... <laughs> If a guy came into my establishment with a machine, oh, I'd give him a, everything a, a, he wants. one million dollars. So yeah, I mean, it has a certain intimidation factor. What else, I mean, flinging a pizza. But that's why I want to get back to, to that. Flee. So he, so maybe it was. We'll never know. Is the thing. All we have is conjecture. I'm doubting this man's going to turn himself in. The, so we have the the acrobatic flinging of the rod dough like mid mid toss. Okay, which personally I don't feel like would have a whole lot of effect on the guy other than the intimidation factor of the fact that this guy is is able to ninja fling his pizza dough at me. Maybe it was just an intimidation thing. He's like, how did this man... Oh, did you see that the, move? The he just accurate, and the accuracy. Yeah, a, right, exactly. So maybe that... But if it was a, a pizza, like you say, like right out of the oven, and then the guy gets like a wrap on it, and the face is now, you know, and the cheese is burning, that like, would really... Well, you can see like some of that sauce going down the neck and the oh armpit. Oh, my God. Can like, you imagine? Yes, the burn. What kind of toppings do you think are the most deadly if you're going <laughs> to fling a pizza at somebody? What if, do you if, want on there? If you're going heat... I mean, that, that what holds oh, the heat? Well, cheese, extra cheese, extra cheese. It's got to be double cheese. Right, that's double napalm. Double right sauce, there. double <laughs> cheese. Oh my god, just that alone. You give me one of those big Italian sausages right out of the oven. I mean, those are those are bullets from like the Revolutionary War, right? Those are like acorns coming oh, yeah. at you. Right. Oh yeah, that that that's a you know something spicy, so it gets in the eyes. Something that right. can, you know, like a right. mace effect. Right. Pepper spray, you how know, about, some red pepper. Well, how about garlic in the eyes? Jalapenos. Jalapenos. Boom. I think a, a double cheese, double sauce jalapeno pizza could be pretty daunting pretty to, to have to face. I wonder if you could fit that in a gun. I mean, could you shoot that? I mean, that would be horrible to get hit by that. Well, the right, obviously, the, the, the right pizza chef is capable of wielding <laughs> it in a way that, it, that you don't need a gun. The worst is like a mushroom. And that's not going right? to do anything. Like a green pepper. Yeah, thanks. I'll chuck <laughs> yeah, it back yeah, at you. Yeah, I'll throw it right back at you. I, well, an, that's o- a weird... an olive? Well, that guy will definitely... So he got away? We got away, but here's the thing. And, and... You just look for the guy that has the scalding cheese burns what, on what's his face. The pe- I need... There's only so many people in this world that have a pizza burn Right, because that's going to be kind of a distinct... What if he threw a slice? You have a slice. Well, burn. He, you have a slice burn on you your You know, face. as a guy that's into words, the fact that the article says specifically pizza would lead me to to think that it's not a slice. Firstly, because because he I mean, threw a pizza, and and it's it. not just a raw dough either, because that's you know that's 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 raw dough. Pizza leads me to believe it's fresh out the oven. Right, because you couldn't, because 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 the dough after it's been tossed and sauced and cheese and has all the toppings on it, you can't really throw that at someone. I mean, that's just like a hot, that's a cold mess. <laughs> like trying to throw a right, throw a, a wash towel at somebody that's you know. <laughs> Talk about all in though. What if the pizza misses? 
Well, then you just look you, like you, a... Well, I mean, you look like an idiot, which is the least of your problems. You're going to get macheted at that point, At that I think. point, the machete comes out. You have to be confident enough with your skills of pizza throwing to know that you're going to connect with the shot when you make that. Because, yeah, if that thing whizzes by the guy's head, you're getting macheted, dude. What, what's so impressive is the, the talent is throwing the pizza upward in the air. To throw a pizza outward like a baseball or basketball, like you're doing a two-hand inbound pass, is so impressive. I mean, he had to have, like, literally hit a home run in the face, right? You have to imagine the agility of a guy that can change the trajectory of a pizza mid-flip from being a, from a vertical to a horizontal. I mean, that is incredible. And I'm saying that's why maybe if the guy did fling just the dough at the dude, I think the intimidation factor alone is enough to get the guy, the, the machete-wielding lunatic, to flee at that point. So if it wasn't a hot pizza right out the oven, then it had to be some kind of acrobatic, kind of physics-defying move that would cause you to, to, to flee the premises after. One more thing here. I you got to think about the guy that got hit, the robber. How far was this throw? Because I think in general, you're looking at a medium pizza or larger. Maybe not the single, you know, not the personal. I mean, if you have a couple personal pans, you can start whipping can them start out like, like, ninja, like ninja, stars. ninja stars. Right. But if you're talking a large pie with toppings, that's not exactly the lightest thing in the world. If you're more than 10 feet, away I would think you could avoid it if you see that pizza coming couldn't you like take two steps to the right you're holding a machete bruh yeah you know slice that thing make that cut that pizza in half boom he wasn't good at what he was family doing. style he was a lunatic after all he was he was clearly not an adept now he wasn't good at it do you think this was his first go? Probably. Do you think he tried like a like a pencil, probably live up lived upstairs? <laughs> he probably lived upstairs. Had you know finished the box of wine and 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 like grabbed the machete and went for it. It's like I'm gonna go downstairs. I'm gonna rob this pizza store for all they got in the register, which is like what could it possibly have been? Hundred. Do of yeah. dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, the guy's not going into like Chase Bank. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Of all the play <laughs> if I have a machete and I'm gonna go for it and it's like this is it, man. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go My last rock. stand. Yeah. Cause you know I mean you're not coming out of this. <laughs> yeah, how are you you're not gonna pull the the, the pizza spot down the block is not my first choice. I mean, on my way there, you're passing the Chase Bank, you're passing the car dealership, right. the 7-Eleven even. Has an ATM right yeah. in the front window. The pizza place? I'm going to go so far as to say he never eats pizza again. <laughs> never. Can you eat a pizza again? He was going for $170. And he wound up with third-degree pizza burns <laughs> on his face and upper torso. That's not a memory you want. Yeah. That's a Judge Judy episode. <laughs>
And that was the news. Or was it? All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for joining us. Like I said, we really appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing you right here next week on the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. (laughs) 